Greetings. My name is James Major Burns, and this is Good Morning America. Just kidding. <laughs> this is the third degree with me, your host, James Major Burns. I hope everyone is doing well. It has been pretty much a beautiful summer. It's been really hot, and I know there's been a lot of rain, but we need the rain. And we also need the cold so we can go ahead and freeze up those ice caps and stop global warming. But in other news, <laughs> this is the third degree, and I am here. So let's remind you all about Shrek the Musical. I know people are like, every time he starts his episode, he talk about Shrek. Yes, I do. Come and see it. Yes, because that's what I'm doing, and I'm using my platform to promote, promote myself and others. So see Shrek the Musical at La Comedia Dinner Theater in Springboro, Ohio. Yeah, you looked that up. Dream Girls is happening September 6th. The process has already began and it's already brilliant. You're going to love that. Don't miss that either for everybody in Ohio, wherever you are. Come to Youngstown. Figure it out. Also, follow me on all social media sites. James Major Burns. I am James Major on Twitter, but everything else is usually James Major Burns. And on Snapchat, Big Balls 5 with the number 5. Yes, Big Balls 5. I said it. Judge your mom. Anyway, Getting into the show, before we do, we start with my mission statement, which is, this is a safe space for myself and others to speak on things going on in our lives and our world. This is a chance to share what's behind the mind of the creative versus what the world sees us to be. Because what you see is not always the truth. And you think you know me, but you really don't know me. So get your hands off. Here we get to share, learn, laugh, and love together. So you might hear a little fan in the background, but let me tell you something. We couldn't play the air conditioner because that is really loud. But it's hot, y'all. It's about 90 degrees. We can't just be up in here with no fans. We don't got central air. That makes no sound. So again, this is from the bottom. And when we get to the top, y'all gonna be like, I remember when he started. He had that little janky equipment and he can't <laughs> learn how to work anything. Y'all gonna be right on me with that journey. And hopefully I get to Oprah one day and I'll be like, you get a car and you get a car. And that was a lie. Anyways, People, 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 please put your hands together for my guest today, Jarrett R. Crothers. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> They're going wild. They can't stop. <sighs> Love that. Love it. Yes, yes, yes. How are you today? I am very good. I'm tired, um, but happy to be here, happy to be live, yes. um, just living my best life out here. And we've been trying to do Jarrett's interview for like two and a half weeks oh my but like other things were happening you know sometimes after the show when you're so sweaty dirty and hungry the first thing you do when you leave is just go eat and oh one day God. we both literally just burst out of that room <laughs> and when we came back i was like we forgot to do your your episode he was like that was right yeah we went to get coffee or something i was like i ain't even mad i'm tired <laughs> i was hungry got stuff to do I think we've had to reschedule it like four times or right. something like that. So. I don't know if it was weather, Trey was here, or or whatever happened. But guess what? We are here today. Mm -hmm. So here that is what matters. So have you listened to any of the episodes yet? I've listened to parts. I haven't listened to the full things yet. You just went through and listened to like parts of people's? Just parts of people's, so, yeah. So why parts instead of like a whole episode or something? Well, to be honest, I've never really like, gotten into, like, podcasts. A lot of my friends and a lot of my professors, like, love podcasts. And so I was like, okay. Like, I've tried out a couple, but I was like, okay, I'm kind of bored. No, but I understand. Th it. During this one... It's different like, when you know the people. When you know the people, right. So then I was like, okay, like, I need to do this. So I'll start an episode and then 
something will happen. My mom will come into the room, and she'll be like, hey, come help me with something. So then I have to stop. I have to do it, and then I just don't come back to it. So, and then I usually will end up watching Netflix instead because... Right. I suggest to listen to podcasts. I think most people listen to podcasts when they're commuting somewhere. Mm -hmm. So what I would suggest is um, listening to like half on the way to the theater and then like half on the way home. And if you, if it's like 20 more minutes left, because that's what I usually do is listening to interviews like on the road. A lot of times I'm jamming the music, but that's where (laughs) I listen to most of my episodes or like other people's podcasts. Right. So it's like, I'm on the road. I don't have anything else to do. I have to, I'm going to listen to this. Nothing else can distract me because I have to have my eyes on the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> important. <laughs> and I know the cast, and I'm going to say this to all of y'all. I know you guys have just been listening to each other's episodes, but I would love if you would listen to the rest of the episodes also because um, some of them are my friends. You get to hear me and learn me a little bit more. And the other people that are on the episodes, you get to relate to them and their experience being a creative also like one of my friends on one of her episodes which is one of my favorites she had an experience where she had an opportunity to sing background for a top five billboard artist on saturday night live oh my gosh wow but because she did not live in new york city she didn't get the job and it was very devastating to her and it sent her into our you know, several stages of depression. And it was so sad because I don't know when she would have told me that if we hadn't done the podcast. But the thing about it is I have been around with friends. So right. I've been around her for so long and we I saw her going through things, but she was embarrassed by that. And I was like, girl, that is no reason to be embarrassed. That's a part of her story. Of yeah, course it makes you right. feel like you're not talented, but no, you just didn't live in New York City. Yeah. So, and then with the episodes with our friends, people are saying things and I'm like oh wow that really happened so like everyone at least had one moment on their episode that like gagged me I was like oh my gosh and then again I'm like when would you have told me this right if we were not on the podcast and me asking you questions and with us being creatives I feel like um we need to hear each other more as people in general so, but again, with us being creatives, that's why I created the podcast for people in my city who are creatives to express themselves and share their story, be in control of your narrative. Because yeah. people will have a um, preconceived notion of you, and they're like, "Oh, Jared, yeah, Jared's this, Jared's that." But absolutely, and they yeah. tell their friends that, and then um, their friends might not even want to get to know you because of something someone else told them. Yeah, but if they had places to go to hear you, we're gonna pause. This is about to be people, people, forgive me, and you're going to know the difference. And I'm gonna slap myself. And I tried to ask Jared to remind me. I'm so terrible. Ah. I did not plug in the interface again. I don't know what's going on, y'all. Listen, can somebody message me and tell me how to work this thing? (laughs) I gotta look. People always like go YouTube. I'm not watching no videos. I'm sorry, I can't. I don't learn that way. I have to be taught in person but i need to do more that's on me i need to be more aware i need to have a checklist plug in interface yeah <laughs> plug it in. plug it in plug it in he literally told me and we were both sitting here and I then said, please yep. if i don't yikes mm. so anyway what were we talking about uh we were talking about just like like how podcast and just just for like, me, social media too. Right. It's just a space where we can share each other's stories and share our stories and share our own experiences. And it creates this culture and this place where we just get to talk to one another. Because I love we, it. Live, we live in a world nowadays that we don't know how to talk to one another. We don't know how to disagree with one another. And 
people with get things on. like podcasts, with things like social media, we're changing that culture and we're being more progressive with how we communicate with one another. And so I think it's so awesome to have outlets like the yes. podcast, like Just social media, like more YouTube people. channels. I don't have to, to go work other, for a radio station. Right. I can have it right, right. here to or reach on other the road. people to tell your story to tell your experience and just lit tell people about your passions and your life because we all have experiences we all have things that we have that are part of our lives but are also part of other people's lives because we're all people we relate to each other absolutely so anyone who thinks they're experiencing something and it's individually to just them <clears throat> the seven billion people in the world mama not happening. Mm-hmm. And with social media, I've been seeing a lot lately and always see people say, social media is the devil. No, mm. people are the devil. Yeah. People are the devil. And when it comes to social media, you know you control who is on your page. Like right. when it comes to Facebook, like every time I scroll down my timeline, I see this. You don't have to have that person in your timeline. Right. I delete people all the time. If we're friends, you know how to get into contact mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. And people just, like I said, people don't know how to talk to one another and people don't know how to disagree with one another, right. you know? One of uh, the things I love the most about it is I can reach people all around the world. I've right. spoken to people in Africa, Australia, mm-hmm. Europe, yeah. South America, and I can't believe that people around the world have even heard my podcast. Yeah, right. There's a guy who was in the military. He lived in Japan. So when I was checking like where it was being heard and I saw somebody was in Japan, he's now relocated in California, no doubt about it, but he's now relocated in California, and it was just so interesting to know that somebody over there was listening, even though he was from here. That's crazy. Again, there's people around the world who can hear my voice that I can relate to, that I can learn from. Absolutely. So That's the most important thing. That is why I decided, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to make it what I want it to be, and I'm going to be great. Yeah. So, social media, and there you that. go. Yes. And with that, <laughs> yeah, social media is not the devil. People are the devil. Make sure you go through and you sweep and you do your cleans and you delete people because, like I said, if they're your friend, they'll be able to contact mm-hmm. you. But I do like having the access to make a statement on right. um, my family or, like, make a message and be like, look, for all y'all so I don't have to send this out 13 times right. so I don't have to mail out 18 letters. Oh, no, I'm not doing <laughs> that. You're going to go ahead, check this message, and if you don't got it, go ahead, learn from somebody who, who does have it. Right. I compare, I compare life to, like, a garden, and you got to go through and weed your garden, and you plant new things in your garden, and sometimes they're good, sometimes right. they're toxic. And that so, tree that was there for seven years? Uh-huh. It might have to get ripped up and right. torn out. Oh, and so cut. you got to... Got to weed your garden. You got to plant new plants. You got to see new things. See, I like that. I like that right there. (laughs) So moving on, Jared R. Crothers is a performer. All of the above. Singer, dancer, actor extraordinaire. Hello. So let's begin with Shrek the Musical. Speaking of Shrek the Musical, Jared had a birthday like our first week here. Yeah. June 7th, he turned 19. And we had a grand time together. But Shrek the Musical. So I auditioned here. You actually live around here and ended up auditioning in New York City. Because you were traveling and auditioning for school. So tell us about that experience auditioning in New York. Well, I... Had Like you said, I'm from around here. I live like 20 minutes from Locke Media, and I actually had an audition the day of local auditions. So um, I was like, well, crap, I'm not going to be able to do Locke Media this summer. But it just so happened that the audition in New York City was when I was in New York auditioning for schools, like you said. And 
<laughs> so did you I, know that when you got there or you find, found out when you got there? I found out when I got there. And then how crazy was it that it was the one for La Comedia? It was so crazy. What happened was my mom saw the posting on Facebook because I went with my mom to New York. She loves traveling and loves going to New York. So she was like, I'm coming with you. And she saw the posting for it and was like, hey, there's an opening in your schedule. There's also Come on, a, mom. this audition for Lucky Media. Shout out so to mom. My mom is so not a momager, but like that time she was like, you're auditioning. Let's do it. So I arrived to the studios. I was like, yes, I'm going to, I'm so excited to be there. And there was already over 400 people there. It, like, 400 people packed into this small dance studio. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely crazy. And, unfortunately, we were leaving that day to come back to Ohio. And so I talked to the stage manager there, and I was like, hey, I really need to go first or go early because we need to get on the road. And I had already called beforehand, told the whole story. And she was like, sure, we can get you in. So they got me in early. And I walked in, and our director, Chris Beiser, is actually, was actually my first grade teacher. So I walked into... Mouth on the ground. Right. I walked into the room, and he was like, oh my gosh, Jarrett. And I was like, hi. He Did was you, like, what are you, you knew doing? Him ex- exactly yeah, who he, he was? knew who I was. Like I said, he was my first grade teacher, and then he was also my director for Grease the Musical in 2014. Wow. So I, I know him, and he knows me. And did me. you know he was directing? I did, I did, because he's the resident director here. Right. And so I just walked into the room, and he was like, what are you doing in New York? Like, what is happening? That's crazy. And so it was really, really cool to do that. And I sang for them, and they asked what did me a couple sing? questions. I sang Mooning from Greece, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sang that song for him, and then I um, left and it was literally so you didn't see any of our other New York actors that ended I did up not no and if I did I didn't I didn't recognize them did you dance also that day no I did oh. not so I left and it was like a month after my audition that I got the call and I was actually sitting there it was my spring break and I was sitting there and I was like I did not get casted in this so I went and found a new job I'm a I'm a server at a local restaurant and most of us creatives end up doing uh uh-huh yep because it has the flexible schedule if you need it exactly right so I had just gotten my my job as a server and then I had actually just got accepted into the school that I'm going for to for musical theater, and then I got the call for Lock Media all in the same day. So it was cool. Oh, that was a great day. It was a great day. That it was, was on a Thursday. Come That's on what Thursdays. I remember. So I was like, this is awesome. So many things are going, but I for sure thought that I had not gotten casted because it had been a month. But then I got the call, and here we are. I'm sure I've, <laughs> I've told my story many a times. It was about five and a half weeks, and I went through my seven stages of depression also. <laughs> for three weeks, I. Fell asleep between the hours of 3 a.m. and 5 a.m., you know, oh especially gosh. having to get up and go to work. But I could not sleep. I kept thinking about what I did wrong. Right. And I was like, I am donkey. I don't even know who else they could, to ch- could choose. <laughs> and it's not like being overconfident, but I'm like, I literally was like, I am donkey. And Trey, my fiance, he was like, Shout out. <laughs> I know if you audition for that part, you're going to get it. And he was a little frustrated because we were already planning to do Dream Girls, and he's directing, so I was going to help assist and right. do like all of these other things. Absolutely. So he was like, oh, so you're just going to go audition for a show. I was like, but who knows if I'm going to get it. He was like, you're going to get it. He told me that from the day I said I wow. wanted to go, he was like, you're going to get it. That's and you're awesome. not going to be able to do Dream Girls, so what are we going to do? 
But I was like, what you're going to do is cast me. <laughs> and if I get the show, get in the show, I'm going to come back. Now, granted, I said, if you find somebody else that can do the role, not likely. But, <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm just saying what it is, people. Okay. I am Jimmy Thunder early. I mean, I am Donkey. Eddie right. is my... One of my idols. So I was like, what you're going to do is cast me. And when I come back, because I just did the role last year with you, mm. we're going to get into that show. We're going to be great. And because I am a professional, even before this gig, I know exactly how to handle myself in a right. short amount of time. Uh-huh. And I still have four weeks from the day I get back till we open. And that's opening date. So tech week and things. So I got three weeks until tech. I'm like, okay, I got this. First of all, we did this show in two, so. (laughs) And on top of that, Dreamgirls is one of my dream shows, dream roles, and I've been singing the music since I was in high school. Baby, I got this. So I can't believe you had that experience, but I'm so happy for you. And I almost came to that audition even um, after this um, audition here because I was nervous that I didn't do well. So I was like, well, I need to make my chances better. I'm right. going to New York City. But I was like, I ain't got time to drive to New York, not have anywhere to stay because all of my friends were like busy or somebody right. else was using their couch yeah. as we do. I stayed with my cousin on the couch. So Listen, hey. that's what I'm, I'm not about to pay Save for the hotel money. in New York City. Uh-uh. You're right. I was going to sleep in my car. I was like, I don't even know where to sleep. <laughs> what am I going to do? If I get a call back, I got a call off from work. It was just a lot going into it. Right. I started a new job and stuff. So Absolutely. I'm like, it's a lot going into this, but this is what I want to do. And even being in a relationship, being able to, to have to make a decision for you as an individual Absolutely. when you have somebody else that you have to worry about and you have bills to pay back home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Very stressful. But I'm here. We got it all figured out. And when I get back home, I'm doing drink drills. Yes. So just decisions are like so it's so hard to make those decisions about anything, especially like in this industry, because it's so cutthroat. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like as performers as creatives like we know how cutthroat it is and so we have to make wise decisions for us but we have to take everything else into consideration so I mean that's what one of the big things I was like should I audition should I not well I could make money off of performing so right <laughs> cast me please <laughs> and with it being cutthroat that's another reason I have this um platform to express myself yes. and to spread love and bonding between us all because it's already a tough decision for the directors and they are mm-hmm. going to be they're very cutthroat but we don't have Absolutely. to be like that to each other Absolutely like, hey, spread positivity spread love yes. love each other spread love hashtag spread love so hashtag self love yes <laughs> that's what I'm all about come yes. on that's my message uh-huh. so you got the call and did they tell you who they wanted you to be they did not okay so they when did you asked, find that out they asked for me to be in the ensemble, um, they said it was going to be a smaller ensemble, and so I would be playing multiple parts. And so I was like, "Yes, I love it." So I found out who I was um, actually when I got when we got our scripts. Is How when long I after found did out. you get your script? That was like two or three weeks before rehearsals started is when okay. I got the script. Um, but I came in and met with them and signed my contract and everything. And even then, they hadn't figured out who was who Mm -hmm. so um when i picked up my script on the script it said um peter pan and the pied piper those were the two roles come on i like how you added that little scream for the pied piper i'm like (laughs) pied piper hey when you're going out you're like (laughs) i was like okay so you just go i know that's right you better add your little line (laughs) where you can in the silence so you're making a face now you're like i love it well lucy who plays fiona and i all both just sit backstage and today i asked her i was like what pied piper do you want today because i've done so many different like types of Pied Piper, like a crybaby Pied Piper, a sassy one, kind of a mean one. So 
we decided on that the main one. That is great. Today. I love that so. you're doing that and you're trying new things because absolutely, you have to be able, you have to be willing to take risks. Right. I hate words like that, like asks. Risks. <laughs> risks. Because if you say it too fast, it just sounds like one. But you have to be able to take risks. <laughs> Diction. Yes. <laughs> but no, in this um, industry and in life. Yeah. Because if you're just scared, you're gonna be in the same spot. Yeah. You have to try. You have to try new things and to the grow. Thing, the thing that I've learned over the past year is that it takes taking risks. It takes like being a good professional, a good person to work with, and just a happy person in general to succeed in this industry. Yes. And so I like to take risks. I like to be myself. I like to have fun and just do your thing. You know, it's not about what you know, but who you know. Uh-huh. They're going to be like, hey, you know what? Don't even audition. Come be in the show for me. Right. Uh, of course. Of course. Anything. Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so fast forward, day one. Did you know anybody before you got into the show? I knew one person. Who was that? That was Bridget. Bridget, where did you know her from? Um, I knew her because she dated one of my best friends, Ew. like long, oh. long best friend. Yeah, one of your best friends that's going to be on this show who hey. stood me up the other day. Uh, but y'all hear from him and he going to get it. Holla. <laughs> so, um, so I knew her coming in. You're like in. the third person who said they knew Bridget. I said, okay, Bridget yeah. popular. Yeah, so we knew each other. Um, through that and also through show choir. We were both in show choir. Um, show choir is so huge in Ohio. And so it's a very close-knit community, and we knew each other there. So oh, no. um, that's the only person I knew coming into it, besides Chris Beiser. Right. <laughs> so when you got to rehearsals, what was your like first impression of the cast? Um, actually, the first people that I met was Sydney, who was on the podcast, and then Philly. Who was the female version of you, Sydney? Yeah, Sydney and I are the same person. And then Philly is, like, just the other half of our heart. Yes. Um, those are the first people that I met, and we just automatically connected and meshed so well. And then after that interaction, I just started interacting with everyone else individually or in small groups, and we just meshed. You know, mm-hmm. our personalities as a cast just just mesh. I don't know another it's word than that. It, I've never been a part of a cast. Like I've been in 46 shows in my life. And wow. I know, right? I don't know how many I've been in. It's over 20, but I haven't counted in a while. Right. I, I went back and counted as soon as I decided I wanted to do theater. So 46 shows. And I've never been a part of a cast that has meshed as well as we have. Like we just all, You're welcome. We just all get along. Take credit. <laughs> and the thing is that we all just don't, we just don't bullcrap one another. Like we call each other out Several and we times. know, and we know how to communicate, you know? And if there is a problem, we're really good about addressing it or yes. we try to be really good about yes, addressing it. You know what I mean? I said this the other day. I said the women's dressing room, they always claim that they don't have any drama. I said, well, <laughs> the women's dressing room may not, but the men's, there's a lot of queens in there. There's some tea. <laughs> so, y'all might have the ladies' dressing room, but we got the queens in our room, okay? Right. So, But even with the small drama, I mean, we right. still get along so well. We so we just have gotten to the point that I get along with really everyone in the cast, and I can have a conversation and have, like, positive interactions with everyone in the cast. Even you the know? children. So what was your first impression of moi? So the first time that we, first day of rehearsal, we were sitting in the big circle um, and we started to go around and say who, who we were and then also who we were in the show. I kind of like in my brain was like trying to think who was who. And right when you walked in the door, I was like, yeah, there's Donkey, everyone. <laughs> I said, there What was the is. giveaway? <laughs> I was like, all right, there it is. Just like 
you you had an aura to you. I'm really I love like reading people's auras and just feeling pe- the atmosphere around people. And just right when you walked in, you had this just yellow orange aura to you that was just bright and happy and just loving. And I was like, oh yeah, if he's not donkey, I'm gonna kill someone. Mm-hmm. And so we went around the circle, and you were like, hello everyone, I'm James Major Burns, and I play donkey. And I was like, love him, <laughs> done, period. That's it. And so my that was my first like impression of you was like just that yellow orange aura to you and just the positivity that you um radiated and then after we had the first conversation together we I just got the impression that you're such a thinker you know you think about everything just in a meticulous manner and you just like to think about life and relationships and everything just on a deeper level which I appreciate so much because I do the same thing we just think about things in a deep way, not on a superficial layer. Like when someone says something to us, we don't automatically react. We think about it and we rationalize and we just think, I mean, I I'm known like for overthinking, rational. but I'm definitely emotional, but I'm absolutely I feel like even in my emotions, I'm rational. And sometimes people say, because I am emotional, like recently I, um, lost a close friend of mine oh, not no. like a death but we just aren't friends anymore oh. and I'm I've been very emotional about it and Absolutely. I've had a lot of my friends tell me like you're doing too much I'm like we were friends for almost 10 years yeah absolutely I'm not I don't think I'm being irrational expressing no. myself no I'm like I'm thinking about it every day because I don't understand how it, this happened right I was like I didn't want to lose a friend I think I felt like I was trying to find solutions before, like, we, you know, ceased talking. And then even after, I was, like, trying to find solutions still. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. We were right. friends forever. I know I could figure out a way for us to make amends at some point to yeah. not have bad energy right. about each other when we think of each other. Or at least on my half. Yeah. Because I, that's not how I like to do right. work. I'm like, oh, no, we have to discuss this. You can't just say, yeah. oh, you're getting on my nerves. Well, why? I need it. I'm like, I need it more than that. But yes, I do try to think. And I, like I said, I admit to being a very emotional person, but I'm also very rational. Right. I talk about this past year a lot and it's because just, I experienced so many things over this past year and just a lot of things happened in my experience. And one of them was I met um, my acting professor, Dr. Elizabeth Wellman. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people will where you'll be attending school? Oh, I'm going to Ball State University in Indiana Come next on. year, majoring in musical theater. Yes. And that happened after a year at the Ohio State University. The Ohio State University. In Columbus, where I was a theater major. Um, I was a stage management concentration. And... So I did a lot of, I stage managed three shows and I took. Did you perform in any of the shows there? I did not. Hmm. But I was in one showcase type deal where I met my acting professor, Dr. Wellman, and she completely changed my perspective when it came to how I talk about self-care. And the biggest thing she told me is how we should not invalidate our own feelings and how it's okay to be emotional and it's okay to it's okay to be sad it's okay to be angry you have to work through those feelings you can't pin that up and it's okay to be emotional and then after those go through your system let's think about it and then rationalize how do we talk about it how do we uh, go on from here with these emotions but we cannot reject them so no, what you I just said about right. that just 
When I was 19 years old, and Jared's 19 now, I'm 28. When I was 19 and I was dealing with my sexuality and everything, I got into a very, very, very dark place where I was making a decision not to be vocal, not Mm. to even speak. Like, so I would be more my friends. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to say anything. Mm. I'm not going to be the comic relief for you guys. I'm not going to keep the conversations going. I'm not going to make decisions for us. I just don't have anything to say. And physically, it was starting to hurt me. My chest, I would just have pains in my chest. So I decided way back then that, you know what? Everyone's always okay when I'm happy. I can be... So if there's a percentage for everything, I told myself then I was going to be at 100% when I was happy. But when I was mad, I was going to be at 100% angry. When I was sad, Mm. I was going to be at 100% sad. I was going to... Feel this feeling. I accepted my emotions. I said, you know what? I'm going to flourish in all of these emotions because this is life. And so when I'm mad, I'm going to be mad as hell. Right. And when I'm sad, I'm going to be sad as hell. Absolutely. But for some of them, I try not to be too long. But I like to express them to get them off of my chest. So with... Being able to create music, being able to create create um, work, it helps me get those things off of my chest and be yes. able to analyze them and be able to go back and see, like, you know, like with the friendship. I'm like, well, what did I do? Because I know it right. wasn't just a one-way street for her behalf or my behalf, but I have to check myself. Absolutely. You know, you have to reevaluate yourself to yeah. grow. And some of the worst things I go through, and I'm sure for all people, for me at least, I like to take the positive out of them and learn something. Yes, absolutely. I had a friend break into my apartment one time and it was one of the worst experiences in my whole life. It traumatized me, but it mm. changed me for the better. Yeah. Like, I wish I didn't have to go through that, but it changed me for the better. A lot of people don't realize failure is the best teacher. And also when bad things happen, there's a lesson in everything. Everything happens oh, for right. a reason. And being everything older now, does. I definitely understand the lessons. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how did you make the decision for Ball State? Because I know you audit. How many schools did you audition for? I auditioned for a total of 12. And what were your like final two schools or final three that you decided that? So my top... My top three choices were Baldwin-Wallace University, which is in Cleveland, yes. um, Ball State University in Indiana, and it was back and forth between uh, the Manhattan School of Music in New York City or um, Northern Kentucky University in Kentucky. Yes, and KU. Um, yeah, and KU. Which a few of our guests have went to, three right. actually. And um, so Baldwin-Wallace is my top choice, and it's because the program there's stupid fantastic I loved everything about the campus I loved everything about the faculty um Ball State the same their program's great the faculty's great the location's great and I also had friends there at Ball Mm -hmm. State and then MSM and NKU were a money thing um I could have gotten a lot of money or I got a lot of money from MSM and I got a lot of money from NKU too so those were kind of like that's always good because college is expensive absolutely and so I um, originally was going into college as a political science and business major. Ah, uh, slap you across Right, your face. I know. But I did two shows last summer. I did Bring It On, the musical, and I did Alice in Wonderland. And both of those shows happened because I lost an internship over the summer. And I decided from those two shows with the help and the smacking in the face from my directors saying, Jarrett, you're an idiot. You need to do theater. Why were you going to go into political science? Um, so I spent a lot of time in my high school years um, 
with 4-H and FFA, which are agricultural youth organizations, because I come from a rural area, yeehaw, farm, farmer yeehaw. boy. Yeehaw, yeehaw. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I... Wait, sorry. Someone came up to me and told me that her son owns a donkey. And yeah. I was like, well, baby, wouldn't we might be me. related. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me around here. We j- we're in a very rural, rural area. Right. So I was super involved with that, and I wanted to go into agricultural uh, lobbying, food lobbying, and um, possibly some social justice lobbying on the policy level. So the um, state and federal level is See, what I, I wanted like to do. We can do that with Bingo. our industry now. I didn't realize Bingo. that until I got older. Exactly. So uh, that's what I wanted to do. And it took me losing that internship. It took my directors saying, you need to do theater. You have something that this industry needs. And it took that and a lot of prayer to decide, okay, this is what I wanted to do. So I entered Ohio State, changed my major, decided I wanted to audition for schools. So I started auditioning for schools and I auditioned for my top four, and I got waitlisted at Baldwin-Wallace, which completely broke my heart. I really Aww. wanted to go there, and but I was waitlisted, so there was still hope. Um, I got into Ball State, which was one of the best days of my life. I, that's the day that <laughs> I got casted for the Thursday that I got casted at Lock and Media too. And then I got into both of my backup schools. So I was really sitting there waiting for Baldwin Wallace. Um, and then I got the letter that I had got that my spot was full, um, that they were taking me off the wait list because I was off the wait list. Right. So <laughs> that was a really hard day for me. Um, was that and a Friday? I was, it was, a, it was a Friday. No, it was, it was, actually, I think it was a Friday because I was in the middle of a show. I was stage managing and I got the email and I was mm-hmm. like, crap. So then I was like, you know, this happened for a reason. I wasn't supposed to go there. That's not where God had me. So then I decided, uh, I made the decision to go to Ball State. And ever if you got accepted, you would have went to Baldwin Wallace. I would have. I, I genuinely and you would have been so close I to me. Have. I know, right? But I didn't get accepted because that's not where I was supposed to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now that I made the decision to go to Ball State, it was one of the best decisions that I made. Behind deciding to do theater as my life and for so living. So when did you make the decision? Because I know that they said that you got accepted, but when did you decide, okay, I'm going to go there? How long was the time between them calling you and saying that you accepted and then finding out? You didn't get accepted. It was to, a week. It was a week? Yep. It was a week. So I decided that's where you were going to go? Yep. I decided right when I, not right when I got that email, I kind of gave myself the night to, to mourn the loss. Yes. Um, and then that next morning I was like, Ball State's it. That's where I'm supposed to be. So I decided to go to Ball State, visited, did tours on tours and met with people and met my class. And ever since then, it's just been awesome. And all I got to say is chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp. <laughs> so while we're on the topic of theater, 46 shows since yeah. the age of four. Four. What have been some of your favorite roles? Uh, so many. Um, I think... Let's talk show first. Some of my favorite shows that I've been in have been Sound of Music. I was one of the Von Trapp kids. Mm-hmm. Um, just that cast was amazing, and 
I had so much fun. I was also a middle schooler in the high school show, so it was like a it was a big deal for me. Of course, um, it's like being JV and playing varsity. Right, right. Um, I absolutely loved being in Footloose. Um, I actually didn't audition for that show. I got asked to be in the show um, because they actually had someone drop out. And so I was kind of a filler. And I was the wrestling coach, Ooh. Coach Dunbar. That was me. Coach Dunby was my nickname. Um, so I was like the antagonist, which I had never been in in a show. So it was really cool to be like this really like, Oh, masculine. Right. Because when you have a certain personality in yeah. high energy, they'll be like, oh no, Jared, you're going to do this. Oh no, you're going to keep being right. the high energy character and they don't want you to, right. they don't want to let you grow and change yeah. because they right. need somebody. And if you're good with, you're good at, right. hey, and exactly. especially once you get into the industry, that can just be your moneymaker. Uh-huh. It's your it's your typecast, right? right? So it was super cool not to be in my typecast. That show is so fun to dance, so fun to sing. Um, and then the other show that I, show as a whole that I really, really loved was when I was in Bring It On last summer. That show changed my life, and that show will always be special to me. That cast, um, especially the girl who played Campbell, her name's Erica Denny. She goes to Ball State for musical theater. Just that entire cast is so close to me, um, close to my heart, and it that show just has a great message. It has a great story and just everything about it. But my favorite role, like, that I ever played is either between the Scarecrow and Wizard of Oz. Just such a fun show. It's a classic. And um, I was the Herald, Lionel was his name, um, in Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Um, And that show was so fun because three of the scenes were completely improv And Mm. so the director said, have fun have at it and so I got to interact with the audience and those three scenes were that way because they were doing complicated set changes or they were doing a complicated costume change and needed time and so I just had so much fun interacting with the audience laughing and doing something new every single night like every night was something new so 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 fun any dream roles that you would love to play? Oh my gosh, I have a list on my phone. Ooh, let's um, I just about two or three. I'll, I'll do that two list or three. Um, personally, m- one of my dream roles is to be in the ensemble of all the shows. No, um, seriously, I'm. I love being an ensemble member because I get so many arcs and I get so many just opportunities to sing and dance, which is what I love to do. You know what right. I mean? And but people don't act. understand that sometimes yeah. being one of the lead characters, you don't right. like, I want to dance more on the show. I don't get to do freak life <laughs> or story of my life yes, right. or believer. Right. So one of my dream roles is to be in the ensemble of mean girls. After I saw that show, I saw the original cast and it just blew me away or being the ensemble of classics like wicked or newsies or book of Mormon would be. So when newsies so was fun. out around here, you were at school, so you couldn't. Right. Right. I wanted to, but that's what it is. That would um, be great. And if you listen to Zach's, podcast Zach actually was cast in Newsies oh wow really but after the fact and he couldn't do it because he already had another gig so I was like let me find out you would have been in Newsies yeah and that that was great um but my one of my dream roles is to be Olaf in Frozen I would love to be that role um actually when the movie came out I looked at my mom and was like if this is a musical, I will be Olaf. Yes. And my mom Speaking was like, my mom was like, okay, 
that okay and here I am it's a musical it's still running it's and here I come world Olaf is here and the biggest dream role that I have um is to even be a part of the show My Fair Lady um and that's because my meemaw um so my mom's mom yes. is in love with that show um and she suffers from Alzheimer's and she is just all over the place and not the most healthy or stable. But when she comes and sees me in a show or sees theater, period, it's like the old Linda comes back. Like she comes to life. And, that's and what I love about every, what we do. Right. Every time she sees me in a show, she comes up to me crying, just lo- like, oh, that was so good. I love you. And then she asks me the question, when are you going to do My Fair Lady? Aww. So Gotta I get it want... In there. Come on, universe. Let's I know. get this together. I want to do that show so bad. I don't even care if I was an understudy. Like, just to say I was a part of My Fair Lady, like, professionally, that Put would be Put together a small cabaret and dedicate it to her and do... Absolutely. And my, my biggest thing is I want to do it before she leaves the earth. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Because I, I want her to see that. That's one of my things... I started doing theater in at the end of 2011. Oh and wow! My um, so it's been a very short time. I was 20, but I turned 21 like when we started. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, my dad's mom, who passed away in 2012, um, I believe it was 2012, the summer in 2012. Mm-hmm. She always wanted me to sing. Tried to make me sing when I was young, and I would not because I was I had horrible stage fright until I was 20. 20. <laughs> 20 22, and I never sang. So as I started to do more things, I'm like, wow, she never got a chance on earth to see me do this. And I'm just like, I wish I wasn't afraid when I was young, but you know, this, this how life works out. But I'm just like, I wish I would have been able to, she would have been able to see me do this. And I know she would have loved it. And I just, Oh, and I know she's up there watching you right now. Yeah. Every night. I know. Every night she's in the audience. My grandma, Helen. Uh, (laughs) I want to switch it up a little bit. Absolutely. We got deep there for a little bit. We won't go too deep (laughs) again, y'all. But so we had an exchange one time when we were talking in the dressing room and we were talking about like voices and stuff. Yeah. We had a conversation. So with a person or people like us with these huge personalities and you're younger. Yeah. How do you deal with, um, Again, you're younger and you've been dealing with it, I'm sure, for your whole life. Right. And especially like with our sexuality and things. How do you continue to deal with people who think that you are too much or too extra? Okay. I love it. That day when one of our castmates lost a friend, one of our, in in between the shows. So when we came back from the second show, we found out. And when I walked by and saw you praying for him and saw you just jumping up and down and trying to give him some energy. <laughs> I thought it was one of the sweetest things, but uh-huh. I'm like, that is so Jared. And that's what I love. So when people think you could be on the, on swinging from a light pole and they're like, Jared's doing too much. And I'm just like, don't bother me. My biggest thing. Um, I have struggled so much in my life with my image and who I am and what I want out of this earth, you know? And, Um, it took hitting rock bottom and me looking at myself and hating myself and not wanting to be alive for me to truly find my worth because in the darkest moments, the people who truly matter are always there for you. And when I hit my darkest times, the people who really matter pulled me out and said, 
we love you. We love you for who you are. And ever since then, I have just lived every day as my best life. I live my best life. And it's because, it's because I have found that I am worth a lot more. I love myself and I know that I am confident in who I am and what I will do and everything like that. And so when I find situations where people are judging and people are like, Jarrett, shut up or Jarrett, you're being annoying or, you know, like, yes, yes, I am. Yes. I know I am. I know I'm weird. I know I'm quirky, but that's just who I am, you know? And I've come to find, you know, not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to love you, you know, but everyone you have to change how you treat them. Absolutely. Everyone is deserving of love and respect. So if I meet someone that's like, Jarrett, you're annoying, Jarrett, you're stupid, whatever. Thank you for your opinion, I but I still you love you. Going home, like everyone loves Jared, like, or <laughs> thinking about you in a certain way. Like right. I wish I could. Like Jared really just doesn't care. Like he's just him, and they might come back the next day and be like, "Oh, shut up!" But still think about the fact. Like I'm sure you're leaving a mark on them. Yeah. And I was gonna say that it's like for me, even though I am who I am now, I'm so proud of me. I've dealt with my yes. self and I'm still dealing with like things like that. Self love. <laughs> to see you guys be this young and I've already understood that it's like I'm envious of it even though I'm like I can't go back in time but I'm like wow I wish that I would have been able to um even have those thoughts yeah because one of the biggest things for me is like I'm like oh I'm still gay I didn't think I was gonna right I was like because I'm attracted to women have always been but the ratio for men and women is just like you know different right so when I was 19 I was like I didn't, I didn't think about life after high school and right. me possibly being in a relationship with a man. Yeah. And then like a few years back when I was dealing with like my self hate, it was a surprise to me cause I already been out for a, a couple of years and I was like, I started seeing like a reflection of myself and things. And I was like, Whoa, I, ha- I hated myself because of what other people thought. Yeah. So when I see you guys now, when I talk to guys and they're like, Oh, I never came out. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Right. Like, this is a whole process. And it's only been 10 years since I've been in high school. I came out in, like, 2012, 2013. So, for that short amount of time, again, and I'm 28. So right. So, short amount of time. <laughs> Absolutely. I've had to do a lot in this last five or so years. So, when I see you guys, it's such, like, for for you, for people like you to be like, you're so such an inspiration. I'm like, no, you guys are also inspiring me. Mm. And I just wish that I could have had that. But I'm just so thankful for you guys Oh yeah, to be able to be that way. Oh. It's it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, to see because not because of how we want to live our lives, but just to be able to live your life and be you, live the your best life. Yes, have, you know <laughs> the fact that we have to deal with so much, and this is on more scales than sexuality or yeah. personality. The fact that it becomes a problem for us to just be able to be ourselves mm-hmm. that we have to change for other people. Right. It can kill you. Yeah, absolutely. It can mentally destroy us. Yeah. And I, I've i always been um, my mom's son. My mom is one of the most extra, <laughs> confident, selflessly authentic people I've ever met. She's so in touch with who she is. So ever since I was born, you know, I grew up in that environment. And, you know, and I understand there's so many people who weren't. If you met so, my mom, you would be like... Uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, like, my mom was such this person who was so in touch with who she is and didn't let anybody, like, 
she let everybody know I am Jennifer and you're gonna like it or not. I don't care. Either way, I like you know. It. And so when I was growing up, I was just always told, you know, Jared, be yourself. You know, Jared, be confident in who you are. You know, people, people are gonna talk. People are gonna whatever. But be yourself. And it's so great when to I, have. so when I found out that I was gay because <laughs> I didn't really know. I rejected relationships for the longest time because of my parents' divorce and just a lot of things happened in my life. Those factors play a Absolutely. major factor in our lives. So I turned away from relationships. I didn't take relationships seriously. I didn't like relationships, even friendships. I really didn't cherish them. Um, instead I focused on my future, my career, like what I, what I was going to do. And I developed obsessive compulsive disorder because of that. And, um, I didn't focus on anything until I found my first boyfriend and he was like, Hey, I like you. And I was like, Oh my God, I like this guy too. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gay. (laughs) So, so even when I did come out, people were like, you know, you're still Jarrett. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's my whole shtick to it, is that people need to accept the love that they deserve. People need to be themselves. And people need to realize their self-worth. You know, life is too short. Life is too... Literally. Too valuable to go through life vying for attention all the time. The wrong uh, The wrong attention. attention. Vying for just vying for hate and vying for like this, this self-loathing, you know, you got to love yourself. You got to love other people. And And most importantly, you can't love no one else. Right. And most importantly, you have to be authentically you live your best life, be yourself. And the, uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's lonely. People are people, you know, like you said, people are evil. There's always going to be evil in the world. There's always going to be people who reject you, but you're still you. At the end of the day, you get to go home and say, today was a good day or today was a bad day, but right. I'm still happy with who I am. Yes. And when you I look I mean? back and I'm like, I will wear a dress. I will wear earrings. I will yep. wear heels. And I am just me. And yep. when I look back and I know three years ago, never. Two mm-hmm. years ago, maybe not. But like, Oh, I couldn't do that. I oh. wouldn't wear a dress or earrings. <laughs> it's just like to see my growth as a person when I'm looking back at younger me and then younger, younger me. It's like, yeah. wow, look at how far we've come. Amen. And I'm just so happy to be myself and continue to evolve and become a greater me and a more comfortable me. And my biggest like mission is to just be myself yes. for other people to, people to know that it's okay for them to be them. Because yes. I didn't have images like that growing up. So now there's so right. many of us. We've even, talked about this. Yeah. Todrick Hall. You were yes. like, you guys have gay icons like Todrick Hall that are just like these amazingly it's, authentic people. And it just makes me, my heart so warm. And I don't like envy it, but I'm just like, wow, this is so amazing for these it's guys. It's so like, cool. Yeah. I wish I could have had, I don't know how my life would have been different, but I, it was a fear of mine, like a fear of mine that I thought might end up in death. But I am so happy to be one of those people for anyone yes. who needs it. So like I said about, I consider life as a garden, you know, my garden is flourishing and my gates are open for anyone to come into my come garden. On, open those gates. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like when you 
when you find your self self worth and you start working for yourself and you start working for Christ and you start working for other people, you know, your garden's flourishing and it allows the opportunity to interact with people, to share experiences, to share stories, to help heal one another, you know, and that's why I am in this industry is to share stories, share experiences, create dialogue, create change create these moments where people just can take and last forever change their lives you know what i mean and when they think about this moment that's what i love i love creating moments in time because they're going to be like somebody in 30 years can just think about that one time and that one scene in shrek and put a smile on her face change your whole energy yeah and make it better Remember that one time Donkey was screaming on top of a bridge because right, there was and a those dragon. Right, <laughs> those beards. Right. That was great. But I've had so much fun speaking with you. Oh, this my gosh. Yes. This was great. so fun. I loved it. I yeah. really did. But before we end, do you have any questions you would like to ask me? Oh, my gosh. Oh, let's see. Um... James Major Burns, what questions do I have for you? It's so funny. I always ask them, like, <laughs> I tell them in the email, if you got any questions, come right. prepared, and no one comes prepared. Right. It's so funny. Well, I think the biggest thing that intrigues me, I am the biggest helpless, helpless romantic in the world. I love romance <laughs> so much. Jarrett's sitting here pretty, waiting for his Prince Charming. Come Hello. I still here. love myself, but anyway. Um, what is... Not what is. What advice would you give to um, someone like in my position or someone that's just waiting for love? What would you What would you say? I think Trey and I, when he visited, yes. had this conversation, and we had such a good conversation. But I want your take on it. And we're totally different in how we take things on. Absolutely. Everyone is. It's always the, Absolutely. the perspective. So for me is when I was younger, I didn't confuse the lust with love. Yeah. Retweet. Ever. Retweet. And people will be like, oh, let's go on a date. I'm like, no, you just want to have yeah. sex with me. And you're better off asking at that time because I'm taken. You were better <laughs> off asking me to just have sex straight up. Bingo. Than asking me or acting like you like me because I could tell. I Because we don't play heart, games. We listen, don't play games. I knew in my heart and my body that when I felt that love, mm-hmm. I was, it was going to move my whole universe. So I came yep. across like, you know, like the first guy who showed me an emotion and, you know, that puppy dog love. I right. went through that. But before I got with Trey, I was like, you know what? I don't want to like be lusting after people anymore. I Mm-mm. just started. And I was wondering why I couldn't find anyone, but it's because what I was saying I wanted wasn't what I was doing. My yep. wants weren't matching my actions. So I had to change my actions. And I was like, you know, I was talking to a guy, but he wasn't like interested like I was. And I was just trying to like, you know, let me text him every morning. Let me like do these things to try to date. And I was just going to date this guy yeah. just to see how things were going to go. But it, you know, it just didn't work out. And I felt like you, you have to, your your body your body will know when you're ready before right. you think you're ready and it's not anything that i chased and just like for Trey, mm-hmm. Trey, Trey wasn't coming to cats looking for love. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there searching for love. But when we found each other, we found each other. So I, and for me, I advise people not to be on this search. But I'm not the type of person who went on dates. I'm not telling you not to go on right. dates. That just what didn't work for me. I felt like time was ready for us to come together and I gave him a hard time for being so young (laughs) and then I just couldn't deny it. Yeah. And it was 
two months, and I was like, you know, I like him. I do like him. He's 18. What am I going to do? My baby brother is 18. But yeah, I just would not, especially with people who feel like they have the job, the house, the career, don't think that there's a time limit on love. And also, I do believe that somebody... There are people destined to not be in relationships, which is Absolutely. unfortunate because we all feel like, oh, we're all destined for that. And you have to accept your destiny. So right. I wouldn't stress over it. Yeah. There's always love you can give to people. And if you're lusting, lust. Lust all you want. Be safe. But if you want to be lustful, lust. Do not confuse it with love. That's yes. the main thing. Do not. That's the thing that makes me mad, too. People be like, mm-hmm. no, you do not love him. You do not love her. You are lusting. Accept that. First of all, people are going to call you a hoe whether you like it or not. Whether you're a yep. hoe or not. Married <laughs> women get called hoes who have never Ugh. done it. Mean, I mean, virgins get called hoes. Right. So do not confuse love with lust. Like, take your time. I'll, and as far as, like, being young, there's the rest of your life to love. Right. And right. like I said, when you're just doing you, like, I felt like when I decided, like, when I loved myself so much yeah. and I'm just so happy with me, that's when everyone else started loving me. Mm-hmm. So you got to do you're you, so right. boo, boo. So let the people know where you, they can find you on social media. <gasps> okay. Um, you can follow me on social media at Jarrett R. Crothers on Instagram and Facebook. Um, those are my two platforms. I used to be on Twitter, but I didn't use it. So Twitter actually deleted me. So, <laughs> so I don't use Twitter. I all but um i got erased i had to make a new one that's so funny i said i must be doing something right (laughs) (laughs) um but i use instagram a lot um i also am on snapchat i made my snapchat in seventh grade so it's c-o-o-p-i-d-j there you'll find me doing my living my best life updates um on facebook i do these things called food fridays with Jarrett um that i'm starting and i talk about the agriculture industry food um and Stuff like that because it's a huge passion of mine, eating healthy, healthy lifestyles and supporting farmers. That's what I do. Um, And then on Instagram, I just spread positivity and I do self-care, self-love tips and tricks. So you can follow me on all of those. And you can also follow him so you can know where to see him. So all my people in Indiana. Yes, please. He's going to be up at Ball State. Check him out. He's going to be starring in some of those shows, I'm sure. Hopefully. And I'm sure you're going to find other things to do, maybe cabaret shows, maybe yes. a job. So thank you so much for Thank you finally for having me. I guess. Yes. And who knows? We might hear from you again before this whole oh thing is over. Jared R. Crothers 2.0. <laughs> so this has been James Major Burns and Jared R. Crothers with the third degree. Have a good night, people. <laughs>